surprise, take lucrative steps. Cold game, but I knew it was chess. That's a youth in the set. Learn the game, you a student at best. But it's a couple things you can expect. Life is the teacher, and we are the students. Welcome to Forever mm -hmm. Students. Welcome for to Forever Students. And um, if you haven't, and if you don't know about us, and go over to Instagram and check us out. Check us out at the number four EVA underscore students on Instagram. Follow us. See what we're talking about. Engage with us. But um, so today. Um, I'm gonna speak on society a little bit, and um, if if you were anything like me growing up, then society gave you all kind all kinds of information, right? And it pretty much told you everything: what success was, what you know, what good, what bad was, what you should fear. You get my picture. They just dumped a lot of shit in our heads, right? Like school. School, like, to be real, is just to, is to teach us how to be um, workers, subordinates, right? I mean, uh, if I'm mistaken, going into the industrial age or whatever, they needed, it's like 1900s industrial age. They needed workers, man. You know what I'm saying? They was building plants and doing all this production and shit. They, I didn't, they was concerned about, you know, educating us in the right way. So they, they just need bodies that, you know, they'll listen and can follow rules. So that's, you know, that's school for us. And like I said, it, it does teach us valuable things, you know, some things that we really need to know. But, you know, some of the stuff, a lot of stuff is irrelevant. Um, Like I said, we went to school and stuff like that, but school didn't educate us. Society didn't educate us. And I believe that common sense ain't so common, Right. And it's common sense to know yourself, but I've, me personally, no one ever like plainly put it to me. Nobody said know yourself, you know what I mean? And what it means to know yourself. Now, I, it's a lot of us that suffer in life because society like I said, didn't they? They didn't tell us the truth. They didn't educate us on the truth. And let me pause right here. And so, if um, you Google education means to draw out, you'll see the original definition. I guess it's original, but it's Latin, right? Ed education. But um, what it means is to draw out of, to draw out. So right there, that's why I mean they didn't educate us. Not like I feel like they 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 could or should. Uh, but that was never their purpose either. Their purpose was to give us information, just stuff our head with a whole bunch of shit and make sure we follow the rules. So, um, yeah, to educate us to draw out, you know what I mean? So, they didn't educate us on the truth. They didn't draw the truth out of us. Instead, they stuffed our minds with fear, lack, insecurities, conspiracies. This is, this is just society as a whole at this point. Um... And, you know, and, and what the world standards are, you know, by 25, you should be here by four. You should be here. You know, men should do this. Women should do that. You know, what I mean, their standards, um, they kind of give like a one size fits all type of thing. And we take it to heart because um, a lot of us suffer when we're not meeting these standards. 
which really don't even feel right to us, right? Like, I might like I I I might like renting an apartment. You know what I'm saying? I might not want a house, but I say with society pressure, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes like um, we feel like individuals, and like myself, I mean all of us, we feel like individuals, but you know, in the back of our head, you know, it's like we want these things to prove ourselves, like. To prove that I am competent, I went and bought a house, even though I don't want a goddamn house. You know what I mean? <laughs> or I want to, I want to, I want a, a Rolls Royce just because that's going to show that it's going to show my worth. You know what I'm saying? But in actuality, I'm good in the Prius. That's a true story. Like, I, man, I had a Prius before. I love that joint. And um, you know, before when I was looking for like success and all the dreams and stuff like that, I was wanting a Rolls Royce and stuff like that. But to be honest, um. If I'm really real, man, it probably costs more. It'd probably be more of an inconvenience for me to own a Rolls Royce if I had the money, right? I would probably get one just because like, I like comfortable, luxurious shit. But probably, probably after I bought it, I'd probably be like, man, I fucking wasted my time and money. You know what I mean? With all the um, you know, maintenance and stuff you got to do on it. I know you, know you got so much money, you probably don't give a fuck about it, but... I think it's an inconvenience to stop at the gas station, man. I can't shit thinking on my nerves, man. But anyway, um, <laughs> society gives us the standards and stuff like that. You know, celebrities and Hollywood. Not saying the celebrities fault, uh, but it's society in the whole. Uh, schools we go to, religions, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they just stuff us a whole. They just give us, give us, give us, and never draw out, never educate us about ourselves, right? Um, I do think that like we can take the power back. We can take our own power back from society by getting to know who we are. You know what I mean? And I mean breaking it down in the definition. And the definition of self knowledge is understanding understanding of one's own capabilities, our character, our feelings and motivations. You know what I mean? If we on this on, on this podcast, I want to make episodes that get into those each one of those, so we can have a real clear picture about what self knowledge is. Let's explore this, because um, I truly believe that that's the secret. That's the secret. That's the ingredient that 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 the successful have that the unsuccessful don't. You know what I mean? Because success is subjective. Success means different. Success means something different to everybody. There's some people out here that's homeless, and they happy to be homeless, and they successful. <laughs> this is what they set out to do, and they don't give a damn. They good. Um, I believe that. Um, like I said, I believe that we can take back that power from society. You know what I mean? And and. And get to learn ourselves and that's why i call it forever students because like we'll never know everything you know what i'm saying and there's no way to know everything about yourself it's as life unfolds we learn a little bit more about ourselves more and more and we know and we learn a little bit more about life it's like the thing that you say you ain't gonna do life will present that to you and see if you want to do it or not if you remember you're like damn i said i wasn't gonna do that either and i fucked around and did it so you know what i mean it's, it's, it's having an understanding for yourself. And also, I believe that once you get to know yourself, you decide what success is to you. 
like I said, rather than letting what rather than letting society dictate that to you, you live by what's good for you. But on the opposite end, or what self knowledge also means, is like being aware of what you ignorant to. You know what I mean? Like, let me see if I can find that definition as well, because I want to be like as um, clear as possible. Because it's a learning experience for all of us. Like, I just like this topic so much. I had we got got to explore. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, let's see. I, I had found a dope ass definition. Self knowledge examples. Um, or definition it says the wisdom to know one's ignorance. And how one's patterns of thought and action inform, as well as prejudice, understanding. That's the open shit right there. Cause it's not. It's, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's what we don't see that hurt us. You know what I mean? That hurt us a lot. But if it's a weakness and you don't see it, it's not really a weakness if you, if you can point it out, you can work around it. But um, I think I said in another episode. But um. Sometimes, not sometimes, society can teach us um, to think too much or too little of ourselves. But they never tell us how to see ourselves correctly. And seeing yourself correctly, like seeing yourself for what you really are, man, that's the clear. The more clear you are about who you are, the good and the bad and all the, all the stuff, the, the capabilities, the character, the feeling, your motivations, the way better you're going to be, man. Way better than you're gonna be. <coughs> like I said, I when I looked into all kind of religions, uh, I listened to motivational speakers and stuff like that. And um, when I came across, you know, what self uh, what self knowledge actually was, everything started to make more sense. Like, if you apply what you know about yourself in anything, I guarantee you'll see a difference. Guarantee. So like like this, right? Let's take a job for example. Uh, you go for a job, interview going good. They ask you, you know, what you good at? What's your strengths? And you say I'm a hard worker and da 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 da. You know what I mean? Uh, those are generic answers. Answers. You know what I mean? Like everybody say they're hard working until you actually get the job, and then the employer say you ain't no hard working. You know you ain't no hard work. You just desperate for a job, right? But it it, it fucked the game up if you said, hey, I'm a brainstormer. Uh, I naturally coach people. You know, that's just my mentality. Um, I see the bigger picture. I'm analytical. I'm organized. That's my strengths. Damn, that's different from the ordinary I'm a hard worker, right? If you're trying to go into business, and um, I personally did this shit, um, or have been trying to do this shit and, and failed at it because I didn't know my strengths and shit like that. So, um, this self discovery helped you in that. You're trying to go into business and you don't know who you are. How can you connect with people that's like you? That's going to that, that you know, that agrees with you. And the people disagree with you. You can sit there and y'all can have a sound conversation. Y'all can uh, disagree, you know, in, 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 in the perfect world, y'all can disagree without no beef. Sometimes it's inevitable because ignorant motherfuckers are dangerous, right? <laughs> but, um, uh, but when you know who you are, though, you know what I'm saying, you can apply you can apply yourself. That's the knowledge that you can apply to life. You know what I mean? Like a lot of I spent a lot of time trying to uh figure out what knowledge it is I don't know. You know what I mean? Um first I'm over here studying uh whatever the latest thing it is, the knowledge is, and it falls short because I'm really not interested. 
<laughs> but it's what I got to do to be successful, I guess. So I guess I'm going to do it. Um, you know, you go to college a little bit. Not a little bit, but you go to college in order to get that knowledge. You get a skill or you, you get a, a career, <laughs> but they don't give you the knowledge. <laughs> and the knowledge is knowledge of yourself. It's almost one of those things that like over time it does unveil to you, but without it being intentional, you know, you may never know yourself. You know what I'm saying? You just know the surface stuff. I know what I was where I was born. I know when, what, how I was born. I know, you know, my daddy wasn't in my life and that, you know, hurt my feelings and uh, you know, so forth. You know the light stuff. But do you know your patterns? That's what I'm saying, self knowledge. Do you do do you know like what triggers you? Do you know what makes you happy? Do you know what type of boyfriend, girlfriend, or wife or husband you want? You know what I mean? Like, those are all, those are something to know about yourself, man. <clears throat> so when it comes to these celebrities, I feel like a lot of them do know they self. I guarantee, they, they got psychologists on call and just not any psychologist. They got dope-ass psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> like um Beyonce, right? She doing her old African goddess theme and stuff like that and people come out and say, Oh, you know, she a devil worshipper and all that good stuff and whatever, whatever. <laughs> but what I take from that is that she knows she know who she is, so she don't mind people calling her a devil worship because she know that that ain't what she doing, if that's you know, not true. If it is, then she know that's what she doing. And she comfortable with it though. She she won't fold under pressure because that's her. Like, you know, once you figure out who you are, it's like, I'm say life get easier, but it's easier to settle into yourself. You know what I mean? It's, it's harder for people to manipulate you. Um, 50 cent, 50, right? Um, these people I look up to, not because of what they do, not because of their skill, but because of, that's, I, it seems like they know themselves really, really well. 50 cent, you go from, you know, G unit or however whatever his life story is about getting shot and shit like that. And now this dude write plays and stuff like that. It had this that 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 key has to be that he knows his talents. Not just his skills like like so what I mean, um <coughs> I could go to school and be a be a barber, right? One of the coldest barbers in the land. And I might not be successful just because I'm I'm really good at it. Don't mean I'm successful. We know we probably know plenty of people that's dope as hell. We probably know it's people out there that's dope. There's a lot of different stuff. They got super skills, <laughs> but your strengths and your skills are different. Your strengths is like what you in what what you born with. Nobody can take your ideas. Like like if you're really good at brainstorming, nobody can take that. You know what I'm saying? And whatever. Whatever skill it is that you acquire, you can put your strengths inside it and make it that much better. That's what I mean. Like, you know, we can learn skills and all that good stuff. You know, you can be a dope ass artist. But if you don't know your, your, your strengths, like you may be a good people person. You know what I mean? And it just happened that you like being an artist and it's something that you do that's extroverted and you happen to be successful. But it's like... A, Oh shit, when you end up being successful and you don't know why, because when you fall down, you don't know how the fuck to get back up, right? Some scary shit. So if you're taking the time to get to learn yourself, when you do get successful, you know how you did that. So if you ever fall, you can get back up because you know yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
knowing your motivations, man. That's 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 huge to me too. But um like I said, I went to like if, if if you're a religious person, I used to be super religious. I'm not anymore. I'm very spiritual because being spiritual is an inside is an inside game. You know what I'm saying? That's how you connect with yourself. But um I when I was really religious and stuff like that, it felt like it feel good sometimes and but it was like something missing. Where I went, where I've been, and you know, the churches I went to, I looked in Christianity, I looked in Buddhism, I looked at um, what's the what's the Indian one with the three hundred gods and uh, anyway, I've looked at a lot of religions or whatever, and a majority of them don't tell you. Like I can say Christianity, I know for sure. A lot of other ones I skimmed through, but I feel like I learned enough to be like, all right, cool, got some pointers, but but. Christianity, though, when I went to churches, those pastors wouldn't tell me, hey, learn your capabilities, learn your character. And if they, you know, they, they wasn't saying stuff like that. it was just all Bible based. And it's like the Bible's hard to interpret. And then on top of that, you learn it and then you apply it. Sometimes you just, you just got to watch yourself to see what you do. <clears throat> but it's hard to do when somebody making you feel ashamed for, for an area that you weak in. If you weak, if, if, if. If sex is a week earlier for you, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> the churches I've been to, they make you feel like shit for it. You know what I mean? He's like, oh my God, I don't want to do it no more. I don't want to do it. But rather now my approach is like, you know, just watching. You know what I mean? Why is this a weakness for you? Why does it trigger you? What did you feel when you're doing it? That's why I try to ask myself as much as possible. And it's, it's not an easy road. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we get into these negative cycles and we... Don't realize we in there until some shit happens. You know what I mean? Uh, or until somebody call you out or help you out. <clears throat> like I said, I went to religions. I looked at Eric the hip-hop preacher and these motivational guys. And all that shit made you feel good. Like, yeah, you ain't a... You know, you gotta want it as bad as you breathe. And it's super motivational. But um, what I would do is... I'll get hype off videos like that. I try to go out and hustle, hustle, hustle hard and shit and follow my face because I lose track of what the fuck I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, and even why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like, that hustle shit is cool, but it's not smart. I learned that the hard way. You know what I mean? If I was paying attention, I know now I know how I work a little bit better. You know what I mean? I, I, I work in, I work in um, spurts. Because I can procrastinate like a motherfucker. I can procrastinate a lot. But I know it about myself and I, I I accept it. You know what I mean? Rather than just, I procrastinate. Oh, shit, I got to change it. I got to change it. That's just me. But I can do shit to work around. So when I get spurts of creativity or, or, or work, I try to do my, I try to do 110% to get the most out of it. Because I know when this shit passes, I'm be procrastinating, be lazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you work, man? But, um. I don't want to ramble, man. I want to uh, play this this story, and um, it was pretty dope. It talks about um, talks about how society sets us up to believe that we're honorable and doing the right thing, and a lot of it is just hollow. You know what I mean? And if you ever felt lost or struggling for something, I mean, I'm gonna do a, a video about that too, like. But um, if you ever felt lost, such kind of just like, the fuck am I doing? Uh, that's a signal that you might want to take a second to understand who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
this right here, like Forty Eight Laws of Power, Robert Greene guy. I know a lot of a lot of people was uh, listening to. I'm reading it. Excuse me, had to take a little drink. But a lot of people listening to that and following the rules of Forty Eight Laws of Power. This shit is like coded, like a Bible. Um, but you gotta know, like, 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 you, that book can't be used everywhere. Cause it's really, it's really deceitful, right? Like, corporate America, you could do it because, you know, it ain't no normal corporate America. You know, I'm not talking about these hot shots. I mean, not hot shots, but these multi-meaner. They might put a hit on you. You know, you, you fuck them over, but, you know, you at Bank of America or something like that. And you're using the 48 laws of power. I think if you can get away with it, something like that. But, like, in the streets. You know what I mean? Don't do that shit, man. Because it ain't going to do It's deceitful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I was listening to the author of the 48 Laws speak, Robert Greene. And he said his whole... The, and I, I didn't even know this. I wonder how many people do know this. But the theme of all his books, his book of Master, his book of Art of Seduction, the 48 Laws of Power, the 50th Law. Uh, uh, he got another one. I don't know what it is, but uh, I forgot. But the theme in all his books is self-knowledge so if you applied what those books are reading to to yourself like that's the motherfucking game changer rather than taking what the book says and applying it outside to apply to other people you know what I mean damn that's huge when I read when I heard that shit but like I said I'm gonna play this clip I said it earlier but I'm gonna play this clip man and um you know, hey, if you follow me on Instagram, go over to Instagram. Let me know what you think about this little clip. Probably like 15 minutes long, maybe. If that, 10 minutes, I don't know. But um, it's good. It's a little story. Um, let us know what you think on Instagram. Comment. Uh, share it. Whatever. I just want to for this whole, part of this whole thing is just to spread a message about, spread awareness about self-knowledge. You know what I mean? Um and the other part is to have an open conversation. You know what I mean? Like, no no one man knows it all. And that shit right there makes us classmates. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah. Let me know what you think about this story. There was a land in which there lived a young man who grew up having a very normal boyhood. He roamed the hills and he went to school and he read books and he lived a very normal life as a young man, a happy boyhood. As he grew a little older, he was walking down the street of, his, of the city one day and he noticed something that he never, ever noticed before. He knew that it was there before, but being young, he wasn't interested in this sort of thing, but he finally noticed it. And what he noticed, there were a certain number of men, not too many of them, who walked down the street with a certain kind of a helmet on their head. It was a very attractive helmet, well-designed with gold ornaments on it. And he also noticed that these helmets, which were relatively rare, and yet a number of people had them, they had different colors to them. Some were black, some were black and white, some had three colors, different colors of the helmet. 
So he went home, and he asked his older brother, I noticed these helmets that maybe one man out of 5,000 wore in town. What are these helmets all about? And his brother said, well, about time that you understood this, it's very interesting. The men wearing these helmets are called helmeted heroes. And they receive these very special helmets for achieving a certain special kind of success in our country. What they do is that they are given certain dangerous and awesome tasks, which when they accomplish it, they're giving a hero for a helmet, a helmet for a hero. So the brother explained a little more. For example, uh, there's a black helmet for a young man who has achieved the success, according to our society here, who's achieved the success of going out in the dark woods and living there all alone without any help, relying only on his own resources, and he gets a, a black helmet for it. And of course, he's honored and considered one of the great men of the society. So all these men who perform various tasks are called helmeted heroes. That's how we create our heroes, by giving them certain things to achieve. And if they succeed, then they become great men in our country. And by the way, the older brother said, I'm about to leave tomorrow, matter of fact, for the dark woods to see if I can win one of these helmets from society by going out in the dark woods and staying there all alone, finding my own food in the woods, no help from anyone, bearing the loneliness and the insecurity of it. I'm leaving tomorrow, and if I succeed in staying there for six months, we'll have a hero in the family. So the next day, he left. His parents and brothers and sisters said goodbye, and they, the officials took him out to the dark woods, and he made it. Six months later, he came back, and he was given a grand welcome by his own neighborhood and own family. And in a big public ceremony downtown, he was given a black helmet. He was now a helmeted hero. And the younger brother, of course, looked up and admired the successful older brother. And he got real excited, too. He said, ah, that's the way society works. This is how to become somebody. Pass these tests that society has set up, and I'll be a hero, too. And he wanted so badly to be recognized by others, just as his brother had. So the time came, he got a little bit older, and he was given his first test. The first one was staying out in the woods for six months. So he was taken out, edge of town, walked into the woods. And from the very start, the whole woods overwhelmed him. He was lonely, he was scared, and it, it rained while he was out there. And he cried. Here he was, a grown-up young man, but he cried, and he was glad no one could see him cry. And where he managed to find some place to sleep, he would have nightmares, and he'd shout out at night. And he woke himself up with his own shouting. He managed to stay just two weeks out there. And in great shame and sorrow and defeat, he just knew he couldn't take it anymore. So he came to the edge of the woods, and when he had walked a mile or so out of them, the officials from town saw him, and they came over, and they gave him a pat on the back. and took him back home. And when he got in the house, his older brother was there, and so was the rest of his family. And they all looked at him, and they, of course, knew what had happened. 
he had failed the test of becoming a helmeted hero. And the younger brother saw something on the face of his older brother that made him really hate someone for the first time in his life. And what he saw was a snicker on his oldest brother's face. And he knew that his older brother was glad that he had failed, because now, of course, the older brother was the only hero in the family. While it made him very angry, he also determined that he was going to pass the next test, which turned out to be for a, a white helmet. He had to go up the start of a long, raging river and take a canoe down it, 100 miles down the end of the river. And if you succeeded in that, you became a hero, helmeted hero with a white helmet. Failed that too. After a few miles of sputtering and half drinking half the river and being scared and bumping into rocks along the way and breaking the canoe down, went off the side and it was get, get met by officials and taken home began to understand that he had certain feelings in him for the first time he'd never had before, which was a great conflict. The conflict of wanting to succeed as he's told he had to succeed and yet not being able to do it. He had one test left, and that was go for a red helmet, a volcano being red. He was told, third test, you go up to the volcano some distance from town, you walk up the side of it, and you walk inside the rim of it, and there's a trail that leads all around the inside of this hot, steaming volcano. You pass that test, come back, and you'll be one of the helmeted heroes. He walked up, and it was hard enough just hiking up the rocks, past the rocks up to the volcano, went inside, was in great fear of his life from the moment he descended inside the volcano, started walking 50 or 100 yards around saw his feet slipping out from under him. He saw all that steaming lava down there. He just managed to get back in time. He came out of the volcano and went home. And later that night, he heard, he heard a remark that changed the course of his life. And what he heard was his father talking to his mother in the next room, and his own father made the remark. I don't think he'll amount to much. And he knew that his father was talking about him. And he also lost his girlfriend because his girlfriend didn't want to run around with a loser. She wanted a man who had a helmet, a helmeted hero. His life went downhill inwardly. He was in great torment. He was in the impossible position of wanting to be someone, and life wouldn't let him be someone. And he didn't know what to do about it except to turn into bitterness and inner violence and hatred of everyone, because he considered everyone his enemy now, because they had assigned the task to him, and he had failed. And he wanted so much to be one of those who could walk down the street with a helmet of one color or another and say, I'm a hero. So his life went on this way for a number of years. One day he came out of his house, and there was a stranger on the sidewalk in front of his home. And the stranger apparently was looking around for a certain address, so the man said, Do you, can I help you find your address? 
And the stranger said, uh, I found it. As a matter of fact, you're just the man I'm looking for. I come from another country, as you can probably tell. I don't dress like you do. And I have a message from you from the other country. The people from my country have been watching you, and they think it's about time that you were told something. And he was astonished. He said, well, what's the message from your country? And the stranger said, the, the message is, this country is loaded with helmeted zeros. And he said, pardon? He said, helmeted zeros. I know you call them heroes here, but we understand what's going on in your country here. And we know hearts, minds, and spirits of the people who live here. And we thought it was just about time that someone as bad off as you are has a chance to recover, has a chance to understand what's going on. So they had a conversation out there on the sidewalk very casually. And the stranger explained a few things to him. He said, you know, all this has been set up as a gigantic conspiracy by people who want to be heroes, and all they have is something on the outside. This is a, the only way they can tell someone else that they're right, that they're true, that they're courageous, that they're heroic. And if you'd like to do something, sir, the stranger talked to the resident of this mad country, I want you to watch what happens to these people when they take their helmets off. You'll see that they're not courageous at all, that they're an entirely different kind of human being. They have nothing on the inside that matches what they're supposed to have as shown on the outside. They're not helmeted heroes at all. And we would call them zero simply because they have nothing of their own. The stranger went away, and the man began thinking about this astonishing adventure that he had had. From the time he was a small child, he tracked it back. And he could see, he could see the whole thing, how his hopes had been developed by the plan, by the schemes that his country had set up. If you do this, you will be a hero. If you fail, we still accept you, but you're not a hero in our eyes anymore. And he understood what the stranger meant as he went away. That you look at people, these people, these helmeted heroes, and you'll see that they have nothing of their own, nothing of true value. And this fascinated him. His own, his own losses, his own humiliation, losing his girlfriend to the helmeted heroes. And he began to understand one thing, that there was a turning point in his life, but he didn't know where it was turning toward or what was beyond his present life. And he looked. Every day he went out and tried to find this stranger again, but he didn't see him until a long time later, a year later. He finally saw him down in the street and went over and talked to him. And the stranger said, I know you've been looking for me, but you still have a lot to learn from yourself for a while. So now you're ready for the next part of the lesson, which is this. And I would like you to listen to this, too, please. The stranger said, if you'll listen carefully, I'll tell you what your problem is. Your problem is not with this country you're living in, that you were born in. Your problem is not with your brother making sneering remarks when you didn't pass. 
your problem isn't with your parents. It isn't with the people who set up the success system in which you failed. It isn't that at all. Let me tell you what it is. And you'll have to think long and hard about this, but it will change everything. You lose all your heartache, all your pain. You won't, you won't care whether you have this or that person in your life at all because you'll be a free human being. Now, here's what your problem is. You are thinking about what other people are thinking about you. And the stranger said, let me repeat that. You are thinking about what other people are thinking about you. But you have to understand and look, look at the gold in this. You have to understand that you're thinking about what they're thinking is your thought itself. It belongs to you. And if you understand this, you will see clearly what you've been trying to see for this year or so. You've been trying to see where the problem is. Wouldn't it be nice to know, the stranger said to the man, still talking to him, to know that the only place the problem resides, the only place it resides in the way you are thinking, and you're thinking all wrong. And he explained many other things to him, for example, things that we've explained in this class that you think about other people and think about how they think toward you, you think about that in order to make your existence seem real. Do you understand, those of you watching this film and listening here in this room, that you are not the thoughts that you project out into this world? Why do you tie yourself down to your own thoughts, bounce them back, bounce them off of other people, and then think about what they are thinking about you. Now, this makes you very nervous because you have certain idealistic ideas about yourself in which you flatter yourself or in which you see yourself as a victim, as a martyr or whatever. You have all these thoughts and you look around and hope that other people, maybe your friends or relatives, are going to think in the same way that you do in order to make you feel right. And if you do that, you are not right, you are wrong. Why do any of you here in this room fall for the conspiracy of society? And you're falling for it tonight. You're falling for it before tonight. Society has set it up, and it's set up its heroes, whether they're political or military or religious. In what particular camp does your hero dwell? Is it another human being, maybe a relative of some kind? You want to be like your mother? You want to be like your father? You set up all these ideals about what you want to be like, and it can never live out that way. How can it ever be, if, even on the simplest of level, you know that life does not duplicate itself exactly, and why should you want it? Don't you want to live your own life and let it unfold as it unfolds instead of putting a directive on top of it which has been pressed down on you by society? <clears throat> you know what you've been through in this world. You understand in your heart exactly what I'm talking about because you know the frustration that has resulted by you trying to live up to the impositions of society. 
we all fell for the promises, didn't we? They told us if we would pass through certain tests, if we would do certain things, we would be rewarded. Do you know why anyone sets up a test for another human being in order to give himself a reward? Don't you understand that human beings who are empty in their spirit can't possibly ever do one thing for anyone else? How can, how can egotism ever be freedom? How can a sick mind ever do healthy things? How can a person who is trying to have a, a helmet of his own to call himself a hero, how can he have any concern for you? And if he seems to have, it's in furtherance of his own aims, which he will disguise very carefully. Now that is the problem of society, that they have set this up and we believed in it, we followed it out, and consequently, of course, we got hurt, and we got bitter, and we got hateful, and we never knew what a blunder we made. That stranger coming from the other world, you know, you know what world I'm talking about, don't you? A world that has nothing to do with this insanity this wanting to be someone, wanting to get an ego victory or whatever. This other country is watching in this class itself, in the whole world, for a few men, for a few women, who have gone through it all and don't want to go through it anymore. Someone who is willing to disbelieve everything he's ever been told by anyone dwelling in this land that the young man lived in. You're going to have to become a conscious outlaw. You're going to, let's put it a little different way, you're going to have to love truth more than you love falsehood. You're going to have to love something that is invisible more than you love the visible. And there's a tough one for most people, an impossible one for most people. How many women, foolish women, cling to a man because he appears strong, because he's physical and he's there physically? How many equally foolish men see a woman and he likes what he gets from her and she's company and someone to talk to? to Two sick people, two lost people, two scared people come together, bring their lives together, cling together, and never ever learn that there is an invisible world that they could have had had they chosen to put the invisible world, this other country world, before their immediate, immediate so-called security, their immediate comforts. Let's go back to the point. Are you, are you aware of how much you think about what other people think about you? If you're not, then you watch your behavior and you try to find things that you do for other people so that they will think well of you or things that you avoid doing that you'd like to do. You'd like to be sarcastic sometimes, wouldn't you? But you want them to think well toward you so that you can keep your illusion going that you're okay and you're not 
The very fact that you have to do that means you're not okay. Look in your own mind and see how you're always thinking about how the other person thinks about you. How can, how can another person's thoughts hurt you in any way? But you're thinking about their thoughts, thinking that maybe you have offended them and they're going to get revenge or they're going to leave you or they're going to think less of you. Why don't you risk it? Why don't you risk losing everything? It's the only way you're going to get free of this hoax that society played on you, that if you pass their test, you'll be okay. And if you don't, you're a disgrace or a failure will tolerate you, but you just didn't make it. And you believed in that. Because you believed in the, the false story of success, you now believe in the false story of failure. I know that those of you watching this film you here too. I know that you believe in failure. You believe in failure because you believe in yourself as a failure, and then it's all nothing at all. It's a zero. It's empty. It's hollow. It's a long, long, long struggle to give up being a success or a failure. And if you, if you don't understand what I just said, you go home tonight and you think about it thoroughly. I don't care what your position is, whether you're a businessman or you're at home taking care of the children. Whatever your position is, whether you're young or old, you go home and you find out where thoughts, success and failure alternate with each other in a thousand different ways. If they are still alternating in you, this means you're, you're still living in that country. And the stranger, which is truth, is the only one that can rescue you from it. It's not trying to rescue you from anything but your own delusory thinking about being somebody or about being nobody. Shall I tell you a little bit about yourself, a little bit more? You're so afraid of being nobody. Because if you're nobody, then how are you going to attract other people in your life whom you feel you need? I'll tell you. If you listen to that stranger, that truth, come to the very end of everything that he's talking about, you will live in an, an utterly different land where there's no striving at all, there's no shame, and anything that your father said to you or your mother did to you or that your brother did, all that will have no meaning to you at all because you've seen that sick society sets up six standards in order to reward themselves. And if you are still suffering, if you're still afraid, I am telling you that you are still a part of the system that gives the rewards of the helmets, the helmeted heroes, because you still want one for yourself. And that's why you're still scared. In this other land, there's no need for helmets at all. There's no need for glory. There's no need for one individual to be separate from another. There's just one great big unity, a unity which you can't think about, which, which exists, and you know it from something higher than you're thinking about it. And then someday, some of you in this room may go back to that 
dreary land that the young man was brought up in. You may go back to that land and you may be the stranger. You may understand things so well that the king of that other land will send you back to talk to people, to the few people who want to hear, who want to listen. And you'll be able to talk very clearly, perfectly to anyone who wants to know these answers because you'll know them yourself because you know that you were born in this world and you know the parallel between the story tonight and what happened to you, don't you? You remember what tests you were told about that if you succeeded in business, you succeeded in marriage, you succeeded in becoming popular. Didn't work out, did it? You thought you were gonna get the helmet and it always evaded you. There's something wrong were the instructions for heroism that this society that we live in has given us. And you had better see through them for your sake. But you'll come back to that land because you've first taught yourself, allowed yourself to be taught. You're learnable, and then you go out and talk to other people. But first of all, start with yourself.